Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Is there a cure for loneliness? Welcome to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. I'm Ken Decker still. He still is. And we're excited to be with you because we get to share kinds of really cool in real estate tips and insights and thoughts and tools that we all need. We all deserve you, I, everyone, so we can turn our house into our home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. Answer to your question is there is more than one cure to loneliness. And each little thing actually makes a difference. Oh, so it's like a cocktail cure. You got to mix a few things together. I think so. I don't think there's just one answer. So what you're going to learn on this episode is what are those key ingredients that we're going to mix together? What's the recipe? What's the recipe we have found that works? And many of those that we work with have found that works. And then you're going to have to probably add a little bit of this or a little bit of that that's different than the core recipe. Or you might have to go get help if you're really, really mm. in the dumps and lonely and yeah. you, you may need some assistance. We just mm-hmm. found some things that worked for you and I in the different periods in our life where we felt lonely. And what's fascinating about them all is that they are in and of themselves seemingly insignificant it's the accumulation of these little teeny nothings they seem like nothing that actually are the big difference maker right so there was a time so in the past we were a lonely couple well first we were lonely from each other because we didn't like each other very much so that of course is a story we have shared more than once or Distant, despondent. Uh, yeah, that. We yeah. were fiercely independent in and of ourselves. So living together was not a great thing. Being married, we, yeah, was not a lot of fun. Only for about nine years. And then we met Christ and we met a new way of seeing and believing about life and things started to change. Absolutely. Now, that didn't change our fiercely independent streak, though. No, we're still working on that. Yeah, we're still working on that. <laughs> 30 years later, 40 years later since we started this thing called Ken and Yetta Double Decker thing. And what started to shift it, though, was even when we were now behaving nicely toward each other most of the time, Mm -hmm. even if you think sometimes we're having a little tiff, kind of, we just call it banter. Even just yesterday, our son said to us, well, if you two are going to talk to each other like that, maybe you should go home. (laughs) And... And that wasn't banter. That was bickering. And we had moved over to the edge. Yeah, we moved <laughs> across the edge. Not a good thing. And yet the loneliness, just because we were with somebody, the point of this, just because you're with somebody doesn't mean you're not lonely. Ooh, that's deep. Right? So it seems like, hey, if we're together, how on earth can I be lonely when I'm in the house with other people? Well, the seemingly insignificant shift is what's the connection? What's your connection like 
with the person or peoples mm. you're around. Because we lived in the village. We loved Osgood. It was delightful. Our kids had friends. They enjoyed school. And we were lonely. We, every frequently, too frequently, we would look at each other and say, let's go back home. Let's go back home. Let's go back to Barry. Let's yeah, go and, back home because it's lonely here. And maybe you've never left home or hometown. And so you might have high school friends and, and school chums and different people that you've known in the town forever, especially if it's a smaller town. And that might not be an issue for you. For you. Or maybe you have uh, moved from one community to another like we did. Mm-hmm. And it t- we tend to be kind of private a little bit. We've, we've worked our way out of that. But we were fairly private, independent, fiercely independent. And so we didn't connect really well. We worked a lot. And so one of the strategies is simply connect when you're with somebody, like get into meaningful conversation. We did an amazing Life's Inside Track episode a little bit ago about how to just connect more meaningfully and how to build more intimate relationships. So we'll have you go back and watch that one if you're thinking, yeah, that's the one for me. So that's one shift is actually just because you're with somebody doesn't mean you're connecting. So shift from just being side by side to Connection. Right. And one of our strategies, which we overused, right? I was hoping he wasn't going to yeah, share no, this we one. We overused it. It's, mm. it's staying productive or staying busy. Some people like the word busy. <clears throat> we like productive. We used but to love the word busy. Oh, my goodness. Action. Because mm. as soon as you slow down, especially you, I'll rat you out here. He may, you, when he's saying you, he's saying yada. He's not saying you that is watching or you that is listening because no. he doesn't know you personally well enough no. to actually call you it's, out that way. It's my bride I'm calling out because when I was alone, I can, I could, well, actually mine, let me just say this. Mine was the same, except I would dive into a movie or something like that. Frivolous. To take, frivolous to take my mind off, <clears throat> excuse me, things. And you, on the other hand, would stay busy, fiercely busy. You couldn't even want to watch a movie because you'd slow down too much. So if you were watching a movie, you'd be doing needlepoint or coloring or making writing cards or, or making cards or something at the same time to keep your mind occupied. Right. So that can be a good strategy if you're feeling lonely to get into productivity and yet not too much because then it's if you overuse any of these so that's probably the thing we've learned through this journey more than anything the seemingly insignificant is the significant the accumulation of them is hugely powerful and we've got to look out for where is there now misalignment no harmony because we overuse the thing to the point that there's too much accumulation of productivity mm-hmm. even as an example mm-hmm. so what's another one So another one is, what about volunteering? Like when we can get beyond ourselves, when I can get beyond myself (laughs) and think about you and volunteer, whether it's volunteer for an organization or volunteer, one of our dear clients and friends volunteers and supports a friend that can't get out of the house and goes and volunteers her time and invests her time and energy supporting her and has for like 20 years. 
whenever we can do something, I can do something, you can do something that gets us out of our own concerns and cares and not so internally focused, it can really alleviate a lot Mm -hmm. of loneliness. Yeah. Uh, Bell had a campaign quite a while ago, reach out and touch someone. It was about picking up the phone and calling and talking to someone. And now we can do video calls. We can do connections that way, which can really help. And they're cost effective now. Used to be like we get a hundred dollar phone bill for calling back home. (laughs) But now we don't because your long distance is typically included or you can do it on Wi-Fi, right? Connecting with a club or an association or your church where you're involved in a like activity can be incredible. It was a game changer for us once we actually connected with our church family and let them be our family away from home. Mm-hmm. And it's, then it became home. Yeah. And it became our family. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing. And Gail Honeyman, mm-hmm. I was going to say honeymoon, but Honeyman. Because we're still my, on our Yeah, you can tell where my brain I know, is. I know. She said, we can all fight against loneliness by engaging in random acts of kindness. All I need is love. Love, love. (laughs) (laughs) We've created for you access to over 503 Life's Inside Track episodes where we get to deepen the relationship conversation, the wealth conversation, the real estate conversation, conversation about really just how to get the most out of the life that we're living. And we're grateful that you engage with us in that conversation. Yeah, when we first started out, I thought that we could live on love alone. And, and then, then I found out we needed money as well, honey, because I got hungry and I got thirsty. <laughs> and the honeymoon ended up with us broke. We spent all our all our money from our wedding that people gave us and we came home empty-handed. Well, not empty-handed. We had we had Pots and pans and dishes and all kinds of things, but no food to put on them. (laughs) So what we're going to learn in this episode is how to expand your love. So the little story he was sharing, which I kind of think I'm going to give you an inside little tip. So what we, a tip? No, it's not really a tip. It's what not to do. So it's not like a good thing. It was like, a, I can't believe I we did those. that. That's a tip. Learning from our mistakes is a tip. Learn from our mistakes. So we really did think. We could live on love. Maybe you've never thought that. Maybe you weren't as delusional when you got married as we were. We're just going to say it's because we were 19 you know and thinking? we didn't know better. You know what I'm thinking about? What? Is that we found out that our car doesn't run on love. And it didn't want to get us back home from Florida. It didn't. So, so we stopped eating. Right. Bought a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter. And I don't even eat at those days. I never touch peanut butter so that we could put gas in the tank to get home because no credit cards we were just cash we were opening wedding cards coming <laughs> home actually going down the cards from the wedding we drove down we borrowed ken's mom's car because it needed less gas than our big gas guzzler that we had and so we would drive down and we didn't stay in a hotel going down because we didn't have money for that so we slept in the hatchback because in those days you could get away with that And we took turns and we were opening each envelope to see how much money we had for the next thing that we needed while we were on our honeymoon. And then we stopped at the adventure. I know. We stopped at the outlet mall and thought, well, 
we need some pots, we need some pans, we need some sheets. And so we bought all those things on the way home and then didn't have enough money for food, gas, or lodging. Yeah, but we had enough for gas and enough for a loaf of bread. We survived. We did. And so love, we need more than love. We do need to take good care of our finances. And yet this is about relationship. Flourishing in relationship is easy and hard all at the same time. Mm, It's not easy. Come on. Okay, simple. Now, flourishing in a relationship that's loving is fantastic. Right. And when your relationship, your love relationship or, well, love multiple, it could be romantic or otherwise. When a love relationship is not flourishing, that can be painful. It can take you out of everything. Like it can even allow you, cause you not to earn money because you don't have the capacity because you're in so much pain from the lack of love relationship, Mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of times, and we used to think this, if you've heard, if you haven't heard, I think it was April, we recorded an episode about our sort of backstory of our mess that became our message that now creates a... You have a fabulous memory. I couldn't... uh, I'm pretty sure. You remember something we recorded in April? That's impressive. So... We talked about love and that we're still on our honeymoon. I think Ken just said earlier, honeymoon instead of another word. And it's because we actually sometimes forget we're not still on our honeymoon pretty much. Every time I check in, I say we're newlyweds. We're on our honeymoon. Anywhere we go. I know. It's actually (laughs) kind of funny. Not so much check into our own room, but check in somewhere else. And it takes the difference to recognize the difference between love And hate, right? Like, hate is not the absence of love. Well, it might be. It's not the opposite of love. No. When you're in a relationship mm -hmm. and you fall out of love, typically you don't fall into hate. Now, that can happen when you start trying to divide up assets and things. But -hmm. you don't fall into hate. You fall into apathy first. Mm -hmm. So, apathy is when Mm -hmm. you just don't give a rip anymore. Right. You're done. And the good news for us is when we were at hate, we weren't quite at apathy because there was a lot of passion. There was a lot of fire. And when there's a lot of passion and a lot of fire, you're probably not feeling apathetic. Not yet. Not yet. Because that follows. So often it's an indication that you're in trouble. And so the core message here around you need more than love, one of the things is to actually move through and recognize that every conversation, every single conversation that we've ever had, mm-hmm. either moved us toward love or moved us away from love. Mm. Even a relationship, and sometimes it's the one we didn't have, the unhad conversation Will has crushed a relationship. Right. Has just as much negative impact. Maybe more sometimes in a failed conversation. Yes. And the trifecta. I'm going to call it trifecta. I can't even say it again. Trifecta. trifecta. Can we just say thring? Yeah, we can say thring because that's your word. The triple effect of communication is the depth of the conversation, the length of the conversation, 
and the frequency of conversations, that will deepen your love relationship. Whether it be with a spouse or whether it be with a friend, whether it be with a, a sibling or a parent, those things develop. And sometimes people say, I don't want to have that tough conversation. I don't want to have the hard conversation with my friend that something's bothering me or whatever it is. And what do you always say? I say, if, you, if the relationship can't endure a kind, although challenging conversation, it maybe isn't that much of a relationship anyway. So are you simply, am I simply delusioned that there actually is a relationship there? Yes. And you also say, risk the relationship to have one. Because when you have those in-depth, deep conversations, not hurtful, just real, authentic, and vulnerable, then that's what builds a relationship. It makes it real. You got the real deal going on. And this is whether, like, this has happened for us, happened with our kids. Oh, my good. Kid conversations can be the hardest when they're adults. When they're little, people think it's hard. And I used to think it was hard when my kids were little. Really, that was easy, easy peasy, <laughs> mac and cheesy, much more demanding as they get older. And even in work relationships, one of the things we discovered in all our relationships is it actually takes a lot of courage to praise. So praise with, because it takes courage. It's easy to criticize somebody. Oh my goodness, you don't do much right some days, Ken Decker. At least that's <laughs> how I'm thinking. And yet it takes a lot more courage to praise because you're risking sharing your heart. And so I'm going to challenge you this very day to risk the relationship to have one, risk sharing your heart by sharing something wonderful that you see about the other person, catch them doing something right. And when you catch them doing something right, tell them, how do I, how do you keep calm waters within a relationship that goes all over the place. I'm excited that we've been able to create for you over 503 episodes of Life's Inside Track, where we share all kinds of insights about our relationships, our real estate, how to make the most out of our home and our money. Excited that we don't have to do this thing alone, that we can learn from each other and that you can get access to the episodes from home, from the office, or even on the go. Well, I think there are three fairly simple ways to stay calm and carry on. You think so? Yes. And, and calmness actually helps flourishing relationships. Right. So what we're going to learn in this episode is what are those, we're going to say right now, core, key, simple things simple behavior, simple, simple actions that we can do to keep calm in the relationship. Now, I just got to deviate a tiny bit. I like enthusiasm. I don't want it to be flat and boring. Oh, so calm doesn't necessarily mean lack of excitement. Right. Or enthusiasm. Right. I get it. Calm just means not the volatility. And boy, do we understand volatility in relationship. Because I'm fairly calm now. Until you're I used not. to get really angry, but I, I'm pretty calm. And 
Com common 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 calm com commonly yes commonly calm or uncommonly calm it's really what I am I'm uncommonly calm and so what happens is on top of not getting angry not getting disturbed when things don't go right typically as much as I used to it's kind of like I flattened the line so I don't get excited either like the other day you gave me a birthday gift that was like the dream of my life since I was 16 and I didn't get excited at all. I know. He goes, oh, thank you. That was nice. Hmm. Right. And you're so, probably wondering what you gave me. It doesn't matter. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> I'm excited now. It took me a while. It took me a while. Like months. Months. Yes. He gave me the deposit or down payment on a new Corvette to order a new Corvette. So we've been saving money for quite a while and we wouldn't buy a toy like that if we didn't have the cash to buy it. But yeah, and I was not very excited at the time. I think there was some disbelief. There was unbelief. It took a while to sink in, but I'm pretty excited now. That's awesome. So how do we stay calm and yet have enthusiasm is really what we want to chat about. So the three things is, well. Well, before we go of, there. You're not going to. Yes, no, I'm going to wrap me out. No, don't rat you out wrap too. me out, wrap you out. Yep. And the reason we share these stories is really sometimes we don't actually want you to know the back worst of the worst of the worst of us. And yet what it does is maybe you can see yourself in it. Maybe you go. Oh, we're not really that far off because if they're like that <laughs> and we're only like this, yeah. my, oh my, we got it way more together than they ever did. So a couple of days ago, we were putting the outline together for this, this show. And that's when the fight broke out, Your Honor. I forget. I don't You know what? It's, it's so insignificant. I don't even remember what we were fighting about. It See, was again, it's that it was, seemingly insignificant. It is the insignificant that doesn't seem to yeah. mean anything, and yet it can become catastrophic, both on the upside of things and on the downside oh, of things. Oh, I remember how it started. You were creating a graphic for the show. And a fabulous graphic. Fabulous graphic. And she showed it to me, and I didn't like a couple of things, in my opinion. And so I didn't say it in an uplifting, uh, I didn't celebrate a bunch of the things you had done in the graphic. I just pointed out what I didn't like about it. In and, certainty that and, I should, I should. See, here we go. I, feel the energy? Can you feel the energy coming back? I should <laughs> do things differently than I had done things. And shooting on me is Probably not a great oh, yeah. idea so, at the best of times. Right. So while we're creating a show on love and calmness and flourishing, we were fighting only for about five minutes. And I think there's some lessons in that. One was forgiveness. Fast, I needed fast to forgiveness. seek forgiveness for the way I approached because shortly thereafter, I said some things that were inclusive, uh, uplifting were suggestive and they weren't taken with the, they were taken with the same vein as the previous comments because I hadn't closed that loop. I hadn't asked for forgiveness. I hadn't 
corrected my ways. Right. Just shoved it under the rug. And you know, like, then you get lumpy rugs, right? Very lumpy rugs. Doesn't yeah. work. So one of the things is actually to seek forgiveness. Like even if it wasn't a big infraction or a big damage, create calm. And if this is not just love relationship conversation. This is every relationship with a coworker, with a family member, with a friend. Simply mm-hmm. sit back for a moment. And then recognize your part. I mean, we have done some episodes on the Simply Whole Forgiveness. And in fact, we even have a free download that you can get the steps inside doubledecker.life. And as you access that, you'll see the strategy of how to really complete the circle around a forgiveness conversation. Because it is way more than, I'm sorry. Another way is... To find the good things in what the other person is doing. Because we know, which is exactly what you didn't do that day in our five-minute escalation Mm -hmm. of a seemingly, it was a benign conversation. Like his point wasn't even all that good. And yet that isn't what mattered. I let it set me off. Oh, big time. Big time. Zero to 60 in one second. Yeah, I can get there fast if I... (laughs) <laughs> yep, I'm in that space because I had poured over and I put the effort in and my effort was, from his perspective, invalid. It wasn't recognized. It wasn't recognized. It was useless. And so therefore, I only got what wasn't working. And it's easy to do that because we have over two times the number of words in the English language that describe negative feelings and negative emotions and the downside of things then we do the upside. And we're corrected and from school on. Like when you do things wrong, you, you hear about what you did wrong, not so much about what you did right as much. And we are working at breaking that programming. So we tend for decades. to, yeah, for decades <laughs> we've been working on it. And we work to give three to five positive things before we give one up level. Right. One thing that we think could be improved. Because how many can you improve at one time anyway? Like you can't make 12 changes all at the same time, maybe one, maybe two, and it's to go at least twice as many good things, things that you saw that worked before you give what didn't work. Mm. You know what the third little thing is? Gratitude. Saying thank you. Recognizing when someone does something for you, whether it's put your dishes away or or bring you a glass of water, or whatever it is, clean the floor while you're gone. And you come home and you go, oh, recognizing that the floor is clean and saying, thank you, Yetta. By the way, thank you for mopping the floor this morning. I appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome, I think. See, it's sometimes awkward to even receive the good thing. And what is a seemingly simple thing can actually... Be the hardest to achieve. Right. And so we are grateful that we are honored to be able to be on this journey with you, building wisdom in life and wealth. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.